Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, we're approaching a very, very uh, dangerous time. I can't say this enough. It is now absolutely critical that we fall back on basic principles because we don't have basic foundational principles and God-given rights respected by everyone in the country. We don't have a country. We have a suggestion of a country. And suggestions of countries have failed throughout human history, and that's not good enough right now. I'm going to go through a litany of things right now. A litany of things on the show today. That should scare you, things that are happening. Tech tyranny. Lists being created of people, targeting of people, and liberals and their media allies never letting a crisis go to waste rather than us on the conservative side being interested in solving the crisis. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, ExpressVPN, go get a VPN now. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, your Friday, please, worst 1960s game show voice intro we've been doing forever. Let's have well, it. Well, it's Friday. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. You know, a little subdued. That's Not okay. Bad. That's okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at LifeLock. Sensitive personal medical data could be exposed as a recent analysis suggests an increase in cybersecurity attacks on pharmaceutical workers. Did you hear about that? The increase in remote work from home has coincided with the targeting of smartphones and tablets of people working in the pharmaceuticals business with phishing and malware attacks. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. I had my identity stolen. It was a total disaster. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet and cyber criminals around the world keep finding new inventive ways to steal our identities. You could miss certain identity threats by only monitoring your credit. That's why we have LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. They do that. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, they'll send you an alert. I get texts on my phone. I have it for me, my wife, my kids, everyone. Listen, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But LifeLock can see threats you might miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Take advantage of this opportunity. Go to lifelock.com slash Bongino. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino. Today, get 25% off. Secure your identity for you and your family. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, again, I can't warn you enough. We are approaching a very dangerous time. The Rahm Emanuel thesis of how the Democrats should, hypothesis of how the Democrats should operate, we should never let a crisis go to waste, is now being hoisted on our backs full time, and it is extremely dangerous. What am I talking about? I want to address two things specifically today, and I want to address some potential solutions. Make sure, because I don't want to leave you on a bad note on Friday. But first, expect the left and their media allies from this point forward to double down on totalitarianism and cancel culture. They're the same thing. They're no different. Cancel culture is a nice, cute way of saying we embrace totalitarianism and Soviet-style tactics. Right. It's, it's, it's putting lipstick on it. I'm sorry. That's all it is. Anyone telling you otherwise is lying to you because they want to weaponize or de-weaponize words. So I want to address that first. Then I want to get into how the normalization of political violence over the course of the last four years during the Trump administration has led to a very dangerous spot, a spot we are not going to join in on, never have and never will, ever. First, what am I talking about with cancel culture? and the national suicide we're about to walk into as we embrace totalitarian tactics to crush the free speech of others. Ladies and gentlemen, I've warned you for years now, years, that cancel culture and the dangers of totalitarian cancel culture are that they constantly need new targets. Why? Let's think about this rationally for a moment. Again, liberals step aside media people. I'm asking for people with triple-digit IQs who think straight and use reason and rationale to think about this. When you cancel people as targets, whoever they may be, I want to cancel conservative politician Joey Bag of Donuts because he posted on Twitter he supports Trump. Get him off Twitter. Get him off YouTube. Get him off Snapchat. Get him off TikTok, whatever it may be. They're effectively canceled. Mm -hmm. Canceled meaning 
You don't say anything I'm saying, Joe, that's unusual or weird. I mean, you've canceled them. They're not a threat to you anymore. You have effectively canceled them. Nice job. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. Well, the problem with that is in order for you to maintain your cancel culture power and don't think for a second there isn't power in cancel culture. There is. Oh, and the people and the totalitarians throughout human history who've used their power to cancel people. And throughout history to torture, maim, and kill people and politically imprison them, which has happened throughout regimes in the past, they love that power. If they didn't, they wouldn't keep doing it. Reasonable? Reason? Rationale? If they didn't like what they were doing, they would stop. But they don't. Joe, any of this crazy? Nah, man. We're doing good so far. Oh, 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 okay, thank you. Yeah. I'm just as the audience on Budgman. I'm just checking. Oh, oh, yeah. If you didn't like canceling people and didn't thoroughly embrace the power you had, you would stop doing it. But they keep doing it. And by canceling people, as you put people on the canceled shelf, you have to find new people because you enjoy the experience of canceling people. And what happens? Revolutions always eat their own when they don't have basic foundational principles. I'll get to that in a minute, too, in my second segment here. Don't forget this. Never forget this. Unprincipled revolutions. Unprincipled revolutions throughout human history, have always eaten their own. And totalitarian cancel culture is entirely unprincipled. It is not done because any rules are followed. It is done because people enjoy the power of torturing people into deplatforming and non-existence in the public space. No, don't, no, no, Dan, it's based on some. The principle is the principle is, is is what? People should be kicked off Twitter if they if they say things I disagree with? Really? How come the Chinese government's not been deplatformed from Twitter? How come they haven't been deplatformed despite going out and talking about the imprisonment of Uyghurs due to their religion? How come the Ayatollah and the Iranian Death to America crowd has not been deplatformed from Twitter despite threatening national genocide? How come what's your principle there? What what's your genocide's okay, but supporting Trump is that's your that's your principle? I mean, I'm just checking. No, you don't have any principles. You're frauds. Unprincipled revolutions always need eat their own because they always need new targets. And as you cancel people, those people start to turn on themselves as they need new targets. You see the Portland mayor, Ted Wheeler, radical leftist, radical leftist. I thought he was in with your principles, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. Having a little bit of a tough time this morning. I'm, I feel okay, I promise. Do you see the Portland mayor, the video of the Portland mayor being attacked at a restaurant? He's a leftist. Why? Because unprincipled revolutions always eat their own as people embrace the power of attacking and canceling others. And as you run out of targets, you eventually have to turn inward for new targets. And then you get afraid you might be a target. So you preemptively attack someone else to make sure you're not a target too. Ladies and gentlemen, this may be some deep stuff, but it is damn well true. And if you are any bit of a student of history, you know exactly what I'm telling you. Yep. And you know the accuracy of it. Here's what I'm talking about. Let's get to story number one, foxnews.com. Michelle Obama, very powerful figure. Oh, Dan, she doesn't know political power. Oh, you are grossly mistaken if you think political power is divorced from cultural power. This is a woman who is first lady of the United States who has a massive influence on our culture. Don't dare sell that short. She has real power. Cultural power. Fox News. Michelle Obama calls on the tech giants to permanently ban Trump. Now is the time for Silicon Valley companies to stop enabling the monstrous behavior. That's Michelle Obama. This is a former first lady of the United States with massive influence over our culture, encouraging tech platform platforms to ban the president of the United States. What did I tell you about when we opened up? Warning, danger. Danger zone. A few Lost in Space fans. I know. It's, I'm, I'm afraid that thing may be like, yeah, I, I, I don't say anything anymore. I'm, I'm like, seriously, you can't even say the Jeopardy sound. Jeopardy sound. We are in a real danger zone. You have a former first lady of the United States essentially calling for and the weaponizing of her cultural power to silence someone whose ideas she doesn't agree with. Oh, I got a lot of these today. 
The left never lets a crisis go to waste, and they've seen one now. And instead of trying to make this country better and solve the crisis we're in right now, and it's a bad one, lost the Capitol uh, Hill police officer. I'll mention that uh, in a moment as well. They want to leverage this. Like any good totalitarian would. And I don't mean good morally. I mean good in that they're skilled at what they do. Story number two. Gosh, talk about a slippery slope. This could uh, this could run down. This is a, a, a ball larded up with grease down a slippery slope. Washington Examiner story. These will all be up in my show notes today. My newsletter <clears throat> is the show notes, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to access the newsletter, it's a, you can subscribe free, bongino.com slash newsletter. We'll email you this stuff every morning. Anna Giratelli, Washington Examiner. Top Democrat urges TSA <clears throat> and FBI to put Capitol rioters on no-fly list. Again, you want to talk about a slippery slope? Are we talking about the rioters here? Or are we talking about anyone who showed up in Washington, D.C.? What about the overwhelming number of people who showed up there and actually did protest peacefully? which is an American institution, peaceful protest. Is it not? Or is that only for the left? Yeah. yeah. Are they on a list now too? You don't think this is dangerous? You don't think this can come for you later? You don't think the mayor of a small town or a bureaucrat in the TSA or FBI, whether you align with their political cause or not, if they deem you to be a threat to their political interests, couldn't put you on a list later? We sure we want to go down this path? They say these stories get worse. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, they do. It's hard to believe, but they do. Washington Examiner covered this the other day. President Trump, the president of the United States, is now effectively locked out of communicating with a majority of his constituents he addresses on Twitter because Twitter locked his account for 12 hours after his tweets insisting election was stolen. Carly Ortiz Lytle, social media producer at the Washington Examiner. That's a headline. Not sure about that accuracy of that headline. It was locked out. That may be Twitter's reason. I'm not knocking the author of the piece. But in the piece, he also told the protesters after the incident at the Capitol that broke bad, really bad. He also told the protesters to go home. But Twitter thought that it would be an interesting public policy to lock him out while allowing the Ayatollahs and the Iranian regime to basically chant death to America and use their platform to call for genocide. That's a principle, guiding principle for Twitter, or that's just a political attack on their platform to cancel people they don't like. Well, ladies and gentlemen, because I can't stand Twitter because I believe it's a company run by far left radical lunatics. And I don't believe it's a legitimate business. I believe Twitter is a political activist forum first and a business second. That is my opinion about Twitter's business model. They care more about radical totalitarian politics than they do about their actual business model. How, how they have shareholders and our publicly traded company, Twitter, is absolutely bizarre to me how there hasn't been a shareholder revolt around their ridiculous business practices. This is a company run by juveniles with the maturity of kindergartners. So because they wouldn't allow President Trump's statement, the President of the United States on their platform, I put it up on my Twitter account. Well, I was promptly locked out of Twitter myself. So you can see this article up on the wrap. Headline's a little interesting. You'll have to read it on uh, YouTube for my audio. Uh, uh, excuse me, read it uh, <clears throat> on our, our Rumble account. Because some of the language in the headline wouldn't be appropriate for terrestrial radio or digital podcasts where families are listening. The rap. Fox News' Dan Bongino won't return to Twitter after suspension. Um, mm, mm, afterwards. Hmm. Check out the video, rumble.com slash Bongino. Don't watch it on YouTube. YouTube's part of the Tech Tyranny Brigade. Forgive me for that. Uh, slip there. Habit. Sadly, it's become <laughs> habit. That's yeah. how much of a monopoly they have. I will not be returning to Twitter ever. They thought it was a good practice to lock me out. Let's see how that works out for you. I've locked myself out. The account is not inactive, it'll remain active. I just will never post again. 
My last post on Twitter was this morning. If you'd like to go to Twitter, you can go check it out. It will be pinned to the top of my account. That will be the last post I ever make on Twitter. Twitter profits off high-profile accounts like mine with nearly 3 million followers. They profit off the information I put up there that people share and then exchange. You won't profit anymore from my posting. Account's not closed, but there will be no additional posts. And to all the Twitter shareholders out there, if you think this is an effective business model to have one of your most highly trafficked accounts leave because you locked that account out because he dared to put up a video of the president of the United States making an official statement from the White House complex. If you think that's an effective business model for the future, you do you. Folks, you can find me on Parler, a platform I have invested in myself. I will be there. My handle is at dbongino. Just put at D-B-O-N-G-I-N-O at parlor.com, P-A-R-L-E-R.com, and you can follow me over there where I will be making posts and where we actually respect free speech, that of people we politically disagree with too because we're not hypocritical, ridiculous frauds like Twitter. So Twitter, you can take that and jam it right up your wazoo because I am absolutely done with you. You will not see me again. Let's not make the whole show about me, even though it's my show, because sometimes I can, you know, obviously it's a situation I know about personally because it's about me. There's actually more. And this is the warning segment. We are approaching an extremely dangerous time. It is now critical we fall back on basic foundational principles with the, which the left and the media has entirely abandoned. Let's go to the next story. John Solomon's Just the News website. Headline, we'll see you in court. Senator Josh Hawley says after his publisher cancels publication of his upcoming book. Simon and Schuster, quote, cannot support Senator Hawley after his role in what became a dangerous threat to our democracy and freedom, the company said in a statement. So we're now book burning now. What? We're now back to book burning. Folks, listen, let me get the argument out of the way oh, first. Man. Because liberals, I, oh yeah, Joe, oh boy, we're in the, we're, we're in the uh, book burning stage now. Scary. Yeah. Way beyond scary. It was scary a couple of days. Now it's like, I've, what did I say to you? Did I do I um, do I? I said I hope I'm wrong. I said this a couple of days ago, but I'm telling you, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're now book burning now. I warned you to be very, very careful about who you do business with. This is why. We have to develop a parallel conservative economy. I have taken my the lead role in it with Parler and Rumble and tech platforms that don't su- that don't subject the people to discrimination on their ide- ideological beliefs. But ladies and gentlemen, I can't do everything. You have to do it too. Legal firms, HVAC businesses, everything. We need an entire parallel economy where we will not cancel people, customers, and clients based on their political beliefs. Simon and Schuster took a stand. I want to be clear on this too. I'm sorry. I, I actually, I, I don't want to lose track of where I'm going. I mean, this is a very important show today. This is not a First Amendment issue. Simon and Schuster is a private company. They made a unbelievably stupid, I will never, an unbelievably ridiculous, stupid business decision. I will never, ever, ever even consider Simon and Schuster in the future for any book, ever. Ever. I'm not, I may not even write an additional book. Simon and Schuster may not care, but I write a lot of really well-read books that have made a lot of money for you, but they won't make any money from Simon and Schuster because they're out. And to my author friends out there too, be very careful who you do business with. Josh Hawley's book, The Irony, is literally about cancel culture and tech tyranny. I'm sure that irony has slipped past the geniuses at Simon and Schuster, who think they're catering to the blue checkmark Twitter brigade and are building a business in the future, you're not. Liberal books suck. Nobody reads them outside of a few select authors. People read conservative books because conservatives go to work and have money and buy them. And you've just eliminated about 25% of your market. Good luck with that. And good luck on Twitter as I ask the rest of, the rest of you, if you can, if you can, I'm, I make no demands on anyone and I understand. Follow me off Twitter to Parler. I've got more. 
Let me get to my second sponsor, but I got a few more stories. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to depress you, but if we don't understand the fight ahead, we're not going to understand where the fight is going. And the worst part about that is not understanding the tactics of political strategy about how to beat these people at their own game. You have to understand where we are to know where we're going. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Tommy John. Hey guys, here's a quick win to start 2021 off right. Spring for some Tommy John underwear and stop the flopping around and stick to yourself. I was a big fan of Tommy John way before they were a sponsor. Their underwear, their pajamas, their clothing for men and women, it's just beyond comfortable. You'll never wear anything else. The only downside is you have every guy, you know, you have that underwear drawer. You're going to buy some Tommy Johns. They wash them. They're going to keep making their way to the top of the draw. And you're never going to wear anything else but the Tommy Johns. Those horrible other draws you had below, you might as well throw them out. Till you get your business squared away, you won't be able to focus on more important business. When you start every morning in Tommy John underwear, you're that much more comfortable. You're going to love them. You do everything better. They look good too. Hey, you know, just saying. See, Paul agrees. Trade out whatever cheap underwear was sliding down, riding up last year for Tommy John to get the comfort you deserve. With dozens of comfort innovations, once you've tried Tommy John underwear, you're not going back ever. I never did. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Try breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands so it moves with you. Tommy John underwear comes with a no-rolling waistband for the perfect fit. The legs never ride up, and each of Tommy John's 13 million pairs of underwear sold are covered by a no-wedgie guarantee. Who's better than you? I'm in them right now. I just am. It is the way. Which one? These are the black. Black on black. Had a check. There's no risk with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear. It's free guarantee. Paul is in her Tommy John's too. Try Tommy John today. And if you don't love them, they're free. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Save 15% on your first order. Go right now. Save 15% at TommyJohn.com slash Dan. That's TommyJohn.com slash Dan to save 15% on your first order today. See site for details. Thanks, Tommy John. So um, we take a break after that. For You don't hear it, but uh, just to send over some of the video for processing. And Joe and I usually talk. How's the show going so far? Whatever. It takes about a minute. And Joe said something interesting. I just want to throw it here. He's like, you know, Dan, this is a great opening to the show, but I'm a little afraid here because the punishment stage hasn't even started yet. Oh, that. And I said, Joe, that's a great line. I'm going to bring that up. Um, but you're right, Joe. Um, the punishment stage. And that's why I'm saying, like, I'm warning you about this stuff not to depress you. But to let you know that this is just the beginning. There's more bad stuff coming and you darn well better be prepared. But great line, Joe. Thanks for that input. Yeah, we take a little break. It takes like less than five minutes, but it's a good way for us to recenter the show. You know me, I can go all over the place. All right, let's get back to it. So more warning signs ahead. We just covered Josh Hawley's book being canceled because he dared to say, hey, were there some issues with this election? Hey, uh, I've seen your like your internet stuff. You gotta like come back to my screen. So, folks, get worried. Be prepared. Here's an article at Legal Insurrection. Here, it'll be up in the show notes today about more efforts by the totalitarian left to engage in a vicious cycle of cancel culture suicide, and I mean national suicide. Because eventually the country will collapse on itself as they find and try to find new targets. Facebook, YouTube, Shopify all moved to deplatform Trump and questions about the 2020 election. It says YouTube hasn't deplatformed Trump directly, but they're double down and their promise to penalize channels that post false claims, which is awfully subjective. CNBC has a piece about this as well. You dare to question the election, the potential for election fraud? I will continue to do that with YouTube. And I don't give a damn if YouTube cancels me or not, because I'll be canceling YouTube and Facebook eventually as well. I've got a strategy. Don't you worry. Twitter's already gone. See you. Done over there. But I'm not kidding. I'll be exiting them at some point in the future, too. Just got to wait for some things. But here's CNBC. YouTube says it will move more quickly to suspend channels posting videos claiming widespread voter fraud. YouTube suspend. I don't, I don't care. I've told you, you will only make Rumble more powerful. It's the whole Obi-Wan Kenobi theory. You think you can, what strikes you will only make me more powerful, Vader. You, there's nothing you can do to me. 
Nothing. We are building an entire parallel economy that profits from your stupidity. I have said over and over, you may laugh at this, but it's true. Parler and Rumble's best friends in marketing their brand have been Twitter and YouTube, respectfully. Huh? They're competitors. No, they're not. They're our best friends. <laughs> Parler jumps to what, what are we at in the app store right now? Let's see. Let's check this out. Yeah. Not a joke. I'll look at it. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so right now, let's see where we are. Parlor was like 100 in, the, in app downloads. We're here, here. Here's my phone. We're number 11. We're the 11th most downloaded app right now <laughs> in the entire country because Twitter is deplatforming conservative users. That You're making us all rich at Parlor one day. One day when his company uh, you know, goes public or whatever, one of these days, you're making everybody rich at Parlor. You're our best friends. YouTube. We're going to censor your video. Really? We'll just take the video, put it somewhere else. People aren't stupid. They'll go find it. We'll put it on Rumble. They're our best marketing friends because they're so stupid. That's why I cannot believe these companies, Alphabet, who owns YouTube and Google or whatever it may be, and Twitter are publicly traded and they have shareholders who aren't like. So people are giving us free content we profit from and we're kicking them off in droves. Ah. These are supposedly the smart people <laughs> and our competitor, Parler and Rumble, their traffic is up tenfold, eightfold, twentyfold and a hundredfold. As we kick people off, we'll go and post over there. Huh? These are supposedly the smart people. So I tell you to ban my channel. I don't care a whit. I will make a press story out of it and use it to advertise my channel on Rumble where we have more subscribers than we have on YouTube. We now have on Rumble. Again, I do this during the show. So I think I'm making this up. We now have on Rumble 901,000 compared to our 700,000 subscribers on ScrewTube. How are you hurting me? You're not hurting me at all. More people find us on your competitor that I have an ownership stake in. Oh man, we're really damaging him. Are you? Good luck. On a serious note, back to Joe's point and other things about that the punishment stage has not yet begun. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a joke. I know we, again, we use a lot of sarcasm and sometimes humor on the show to take the edge off. But I have been consistent from the start in condemning political violence. From the start. Why? Because ladies and gentlemen, when you go down that path, and I... Listen, I'll be honest with you. I got emails from people yesterday, a couple of them, not just one. Just being candid with you. Dan, the time for violence is now. What? Are you insane? Are you crazy? Why do you think that? Where do you think that's going to go? Have you thought this out? So out of all of the avenues to pursue changes you'd like in your government locally at the state level and at the federal level, all the avenues, voting, activism, fundraising, joining political groups, getting government petitions signed, fighting for candidates you believe in, running for office yourself, putting out a book or a podcast or a blog. There are endless opportunities for you to collect and leverage to garner and hopefully affect some political change in the future. You're claiming we've exhausted every one of those and now we need to jump to violence and destruction. I'm, I'm so, I will never be a part of that ever. I never have been and I never will. And I've spoken out consistently about this for four years. Political violence, ladies and gentlemen, is never a pathway to long-term change. It isn't. Look at the results of this. We lost this police officer up on Capitol Hill. Rest peacefully, brother, with the Lord. Brian Sicknick. Capitol Police Officer dies following the chaos in uh, D.C. Washington Examiner. Sadly, this will be in the show notes, too. People died up there. There was a woman who died too, who was shot by Capitol Hill police officers. These people had families. This isn't a joke. 
Listen, I don't want this to come off as chastising people in my audience because you're not. You're good people. And it really, the emails I got were very limited about that. But to a limited number of people who may hear this that actually believe that, no. No. This is the time to double down on big R God-given rights and constitutional principles. This will only lead to additional radicalization, what happens. This schism where we cancel people and what the left is doing to us, but our response can never be to normalize political violence like the left has done. We need to fall back on things that have worked throughout the 200 plus years of this great country, despite all its failures. We have had tremendous successes, more than any other collective group of human beings in human history. No one has managed to build what we build in the United States right here and right now. You live in the wealthiest country in the history of humankind, the most benevolent, heroic, patriotic place that everyone in the world wants to go. Despite all of our shortcomings, you are still here alive right now in the greatest place on earth, the most innovative, prosperous, and free place on earth. Hopefully we can keep that. And that's why I'm warning you about what's ahead because you have enemies of liberty all around you. But this isn't the time to use air tactics. This is the time to resort on tactics that have worked for 200 years. Bedrock principles, free speech, free assembly, freedom of religion, the right to defend yourself. By the way, it should never be taken away. The right to defend yourself against violence. But folks, the other side hasn't been principled here. Here's what I mean. And I said this before and I'll reiterate this again because it's critical you understand this. Unprincipled revolutions always, always, always eat their own. You know why? Because there's no emergency break. There's nothing to stop them from eating their own. Think about the contrast that's always spoken about in history books between a relatively unprincipled revolution and the French French Revolution, where eventually, you know, the insiders themselves were subjected to the guillotine. As I always say, famous last words in the French Revolution as the guillotine was about to come down on your head. Famous last words were, wait, I thought I was on your side. There are no sides in an unprincipled revolution because principled revolutions create sides. I'm on the side of freedom and liberty and you are not. The American Revolution was a principled one. Fought for foundational beliefs that God's children had big R, God-given rights from him, not from government. And government was only there to ensure that. Do you understand that was a unique idea that had never been tried any time in human history before to the extent we tried it in the now fledgling United States of America that declared independence? You understand that had never been tried before. The idea throughout human history that was almost accepted as tautological was that rights were small r rights given to you by government, not by God. Government gave you those rights. The new idea we tried was that, no, those rights were granted to you by God, by your creator. And that government was only there to ensure the protection of your God-given rights. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a schism. That was a breaking point in human history, no different than the advent of photosynthesis and the creation of human intelligence. I'm not kidding. It was that seismic of a shift in the thinking of humankind. Where in the past, government felt like its rights were granted by it and government could unilaterally take rights away. This is the first time in human history a a, a group of men and women in this collective place we call the United States said, no, that's not the way it works. Those rights can't be taken away because government doesn't give them. God does. Now is the time to fall back on those rights. And if someone else has God-given rights to prosper, to live, to assemble, to petition the government, to practice their religion, to defend themselves. If someone else has those God-given rights, me, I cannot take them away, whether as a government official or as a private citizen. 
Because government ensures that person's God-given rights. If I attack that person, government in the form of a police force or in a military, if it's from overseas, will defend that person's God-given rights on behalf of government. If government chooses to attack those God-given rights, I can sue them in a government-created entity designed to protect those rights, a court system. I'm not saying it always does a great job, but it's there and we're trying. We have that emergency break. We can't take rights from others. The left doesn't. Despite all of the wrongdoing that has happened. And ladies and gentlemen, there can be no, no lack of moral clarity on this. What happened at the Capitol was disgraceful. Period. There can be no lack of clarity and can never happen again. That's not to chastise. It's to state something that's truthful. The overwhelming majority of people there, there are videos out there of people booing people who are doing, showed up to peacefully state their case and God bless you for what you're doing. There's nothing more American than a peaceful protest. But we cannot turn into the left that for years has normalized political violence as a tool to take away the God-given rights of others. I refuse to do it and I won't be on the side of it ever. We are not them. We have never been them. There is an emergency break on our behavior. We don't engage in political violence because it takes away the big R God-given rights of others. And if you believe you have big R God-given rights, you believe your fellow citizen has them too. And you're a hypocrite to try to take them away. Disagree all you want. There's nothing better than peaceful protests and an American history of civil disobedience, but not that. This is what the left does because they don't believe in big R God-given rights. I'm going to show you some video here because it's important we see this again, where this goes if we embrace their tactics. When we normalize political violence, ladies and gentlemen, it believes it leads others to believe this is productive. If we normalize it and excuse it, it'll do what happened. It'll, it'll lead to an outcome that happened on the left where people showed up and burned cities down. The media incentivized this behavior, sometimes called for it, politicians. And it led others on the left to believe this behavior would lead to productive outcomes, which led to what? A downward spiral of more riots, more death and more chaos. We can never, ever go there. So normalizing political violence, one, leads to malicious incentives that leads other, others to believe this is productive. It's not. Second, normalizing political violence spurs revenge. And you have an endless cycle of violence where you attack me. It hurts. And the only cure for my hurt is to attack you back. And if you live through that, it incentivizes your kids to attack my kids, which incentivizes my kids to attack your grandkids, which incentivizes my grandkids to attack your grandkids, which then incentivizes back my great-grandkids to go after your great-grandkids. You think this is productive? Generations engaged in counterproductive destruction while simultaneously hoping it leads to a prosperous outcome? Those two things will never happen. We can never, ever normalize political violence, ever. Look at this video. If you think I'm making up that the media has normalized political violence and basically winked and nodded to people on the left that this is okay, it'll lead to productive outcomes, which has only led to more destruction. Check this out. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. In the eyes of the law, yes. But in the eyes of good and evil, Here's the argument. They are strictly principled anti-fascists. And what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see, they see the neo-fascism that we see. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's 
you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. I think that a lot of people recognize that when pushed, self-defense is a legitimate response to white supremacist and neo-Nazi violence. The problem is to equate the violence in reaction against bigotry with the bigotry itself is to misunderstand the fact that when you go to cancer treatment, the radiation is tough treatment, but it is meant to remove the cancer. There's a group of anti-fascists called the Black Bloc, which do tend to get violent. Their idea is, look, nonviolence hasn't worked and we are going to try to stop this. But they wouldn't have been there. They wouldn't have been anywhere near there had it not been for the fact that white supremacists, neo-Nazis were out scaring the living daylouts out of most of the people in that town. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) Of course he disagrees. That's Jason Johnson. A really not bright guy who I debated once on a Politicon event, at a Politicon event, who knew nothing about the topic he was there to debate. It was quite embarrassing. You see where this goes? When you justify political violence, when you think it's a favored political group, you see where this goes and how dangerous this gets? How this turns into an endless cycle of destruction and sooner or later there's nothing left to destroy with the intended outcome of what? Creating prosperity in the future through destruction? How exactly do those two values and those two goals align? Please explain that to me. I'd love to hear it. Gets worse, folks. Here are people with followings, again, on social media platforms like Twitter that allow this stuff, apparently, because they don't have principles. Here's Sally Cohn, someone I used to debate on Fox News and other platforms, who's a prominent liberal. Doesn't seem to have any principles, the left. Remember, we always have our God-given, big R God-given rights, those, that emergency break that prevents us from ever attacking our fellow citizens. They don't have this. But here's Sally Cohn here. It's her own Twitter account. I don't like violent protests, but I understand them. And those wagging their fingers against violent protests need to read up on their American history. May 30th, 2020, during the protests in the streets from BLM and Antifa, which were burning American cities then. Notice the excusing of the violence there. Her words, not mine. I just read them. But interesting, now that we've had this incident at the Capitol, which should never, ever, ever be repeated, and we have to have moral clarity on. It's interesting. Now Sally Cohen all of a sudden isn't into violent protests anymore. Here's another tweet. See, there's no problem on our side. Here's number two. Interesting. Sally Cohn's had a change of thought because, again, the principles aren't there. These are just political tweets. These aren't principled ones. The mobs storming the Capitol right now are neither patriots nor revolutionaries. They are traitors and cowards trying to upend our democracy by force because they fear peaceful change and not getting their way. Interesting how the change of tone depends on what her ideological alignment is with the cause, meaning it's ideologically driven, not principle driven. Shows you the problem with the slippery slope of not having principles, doesn't it? Here's a reporter. Again, these are their own tweets. These are their words, not mine. These are from verified accounts, by the way. These aren't scam accounts or anything else. Here's a reporter by the name of Melissa Chan. Her own social media account on Twitter seems to be dictating the terms of how we talk about protests. She says, hi, I'm an American uh, foreign correspondent here. Just a reminder to my domestic media peers that we don't call them protesters when it goes down like this, when we report on other countries. And today, honestly, is kind of a test of your judgment about that, talking about what happened at the Capitol. Don't you dare call them protesters. Interesting, Melissa Chan, because here's another tweet. uh, Hat tip, Sean Davis at the Federalist, who found this. Here's Melissa Chan's Twitter account. If you're going to call a few bad apples the cops, then let's call them a few bad apples among the protesters when the violent BLM uh, Antifa protest broke out. Interesting how, again, when you don't have any real principles, the language you use, the attacks you make on your opponents are based purely on what your ideological goals are, not your principal ones, because you're not bedrocked in anything. I've got another video uh, coming up for you. Let me get to my third sponsor here. Um, just some uh, news also. President Trump has announced he will not attend Joe Biden's inauguration, Uh, Mike Pence will be there. So some news today, uh, interesting, just came out. I just uh, saw it. Let's get to my third sponsor today, Grove. Grove. Folks, um, listen, since my um, issues with my health, which have been well-documented on my show, 
sadly. Uh, we've gone to a largely um, organic household and we've tried to avoid contact with a lot of chemicals. That's my my choice for, for some obvious reasons. Um, Grove was a sponsor of mine before. Um, they're back and I'm happy to have them on board because keeping a clean and healthy home is more important than ever these days. But sometimes it can be overwhelming to look for household products that are natural and effective. It's tough. It's a balancing act. Wouldn't it be nice if there was someone you could trust to put the work in for you and find the companies that can do that, produce natural and effective products, and then save you some time and some money? That's where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove is the online marketplace for sustainable home essentials delivered right to your doorstep. Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green. Browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. We shop there. We really like it a lot. Makes it really simple. One-stop shopping for stuff that's really natural and effective. With Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Join over 2 million households who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free in your first order. Make your home happy and healthy this new year. For a limited time, my listeners go to grove.co slash Bongino. Make sure you get the URL right, grove.co slash Bongino. You'll get a free Miss Myers gift set plus free shipping with your first order. It's really cool. It's a $30 value, but you have to use their special code. Go to grove.co slash Bongino. Get this exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash Bongino. Go today. Check it out. They have some really cool products over there. We're big fans here. Okay. Um, I told you I'd get to this next video. Again, how the left... <laughs> My new phone activates. The, I can't even say it because you know the thing on Apple when you say the name. What would you like? Uh, the personal <laughs> assistant there. It keeps doing its thing there. Here's another montage video. Of again, that was more media folks incentivizing Antifa and BLM to continue the violence by insisting it was productive and not condemning it. But here's another video. It starts out with Nancy Pelosi when they were destroying statues all over the United States because they thought the destruction of our history somehow would serve as a reminder not to repeat it. Is that the logic there again escapes me, but this is the left, so logic's not really their thing. But here's a video. Begins with Nancy Pelosi discussing, it would have slipped there, discussing and discussing the disgusting attacks on our statues throughout the country, where she says, ah, people kind of do what they do. Check this out. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) There you go. Jason Johnson disagrees again. Hat tip Grabian for those two terrific montages and supercuts there. Tom Elliott does a good job at Grabian. Credit out to him. You see what happens when you normalize political violence? You get a bullhorn and you scream to others. And the message they hear when you normalize political violence is not only is it okay, you'll be celebrated in the media, you'll be covered for, and it's a productive way to get what you want. Which does what? If you're a reasonable, rational person, which does what? Incentivizes more of it. I'm talking about if you're using reason to discuss the ramifications of this. Because reasonable people who believe in, believe in big R, God-given rights, don't burn down other people's businesses or attack them. They don't. Folks, I want to um, add this note to yesterday's show. We always do facts here, no matter... Uh, no matter what, it's important. It matters to my credibility and my show's credibility. We discussed an article by the Washington Times yesterday um, about a facial ID company that apparently identified two Antifa members at one of the rallies. That company is now strongly refuting that. I didn't mention the company's aim yesterday. Um, I won't today, but you can read the articles because they're saying we had nothing to do with that. 
They've been categorical in their denials. So let's be up in the show notes today. You need to read uh, both sides of what the story was. Facial recognition company demands Washington Times retract story linking Antifa to Capitol siege. So they've been categorical in their denials that we had nothing to do with this at all. It's only fair to put that out, give you the full story. It's by Mike Bress, breaking news reporter. So please read that story in the Washington Examiner. I think the Washington Times link is, is that not working anymore? I mean, last time we checked, which probably says that there's been some issues with that story, but the facts, facts matter. Unlike sadly other places in the mainstream media, which don't do that kind of stuff. I want to leave um, you with this, you know, this weekend, because it's been a tough week. I want to leave you with this story and, and just listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into the whole virtue signaling nonsense. It's not my thing, but this has been tough, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a really horrible week. I mean, for me personally, for the country, a lot went on, you know, with, with me and my, and uh, I mean, I sat there this week and watched what was happening and just, I mean, in just total horror. I warned for years about the dangers of this, incentivizing and normalizing political violence, how other people would pick up on this as some kind of appropriate tool to affect change. And I warned you that not only is that immoral and unethical, but it will result in a strategic failure, the likes of which you've never seen before. And that's happening right now. But we are the United States. And again, you've been privileged enough to be blessed by God to live in the most prosperous, freedom-loving country in the history of humankind at its most prosperous right now. But that freedom, it's not going to protect itself. We need to be vigilant about the things I warned you against. And you need to be very careful in your business decisions, who you do business with going forward. And you need to be very careful in not being dissuaded by a couple of losses and moving back and saying, you know what? I'm just going to retrench. I'm going to worry about me and nothing else. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not the time to fall back and forget the fight for freedom. I know it's been a tough week. It's been a tough year. We've just been through two ridiculously hard elections where things did not work out. But I just want you to remember the left never gave up. This is the side that doesn't have guiding principles. We are the side that does. If those principles matter to you, it's time to do in one respect to emulate with the right after the election of Donald Trump, they were out in the streets with their pink hats on doing their thing. It's time for us to dust off, to get back up, acknowledge we took a tough one, tough one on the chin. I know it's not the time for hoorah speeches, but I'd be remiss if I told you, ah, it's over. It's, nothing's over. Nothing's ever over. I can't say to you enough that Aeneas quote, the victor isn't victorious until the vanquished deems himself so. When you in your head deem yourself beaten and vanquished and declare it so, then you are beaten. But you're never beaten until you personally decide you're the one who's been beaten. I'm not going there. I have a final story I want to address. I covered it last night in the Sean Hannity show, and it's an important one. I've been getting a lot of questions given my background in law enforcement and uh, public safety with both the NYPD and Secret Service about the security failures at the Capitol, which were hard to describe in the, the scope of how bad the security system failed at the Capitol. It's not Monday morning quarterbacking. That's easy to do. Monday morning quarterbacking is typically done when you want to poke fun at people. That's, that's, if, you're, if, if you're getting that out of this segment, you were wrong. Even in the Secret Service, when we had failures on protection missions, we used to have this thing online, these tips. And the tips would usually be, here's what happened on this one, don't do it again. It was everything from don't put the sandbags on the president's side of the bike rack because they'll trip over them. And they would be like, well, who did that? And it was embarrassing if you did it, but you knew never to do it again. We need to do that now. The security failures at the Capitol were a red siren for everyone that every single terrorist group around the world saw. But as I said last night on Sean's show, we will never, ever be able to address the security failures without addressing political failures first. The Capitol Hill police, ladies and gentlemen, aren't stupid. 
There's 2,300 of them. They have a half a billion dollar budget. That is a bigger budget than the city of Detroit. They protect just a couple of square miles. The city of Detroit protects an entire city and the Capitol Hill police have a bigger budget. They have almost as many people as the Suffolk County Police Department in New York, maybe more, 2,300. So you may say, damn, with such a huge budget and an enormous police force up on Capitol Hill, how did everything fail so badly? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen it. I've seen it during my time with the NYPD and I've seen it in the Secret Service. And the reason the security quote failed is because of planning influenced by political partners in the security equation, not the security people themselves. When your security is influenced by political decision-making rather than security decision-making, you don't have security. You have political security, which will fail every single time. We need better politicians, ladies and gentlemen, not new police officers. The police officers know what they're doing. Their failure was the failure of their management because their management, both in D.C. Metro Police and their management in Capitol Hill, were influenced by politicians. And some of the managers over there were too weak to stand up. I know that from the inside. I've been doing these thought experiments over the last few days, and I'd like to do one now. If you think anything I'm telling you is controversial. Dan, 50% of security is political? Sadly, yeah. Maybe more. Police know what they're doing. It's the politicians that don't. You don't believe me? Ask yourself a simple question. Why is it that the chaos at the Capitol was stopped within hours and, thank the Lord, hasn't returned? Stopped within hours. Yet the siege at the Portland courthouse, federal courthouse, a federal building too, went on for months. Why did the siege at the White House when Donald Trump was inside go on for days, if not that entire week? Why? Why why did that happen? Why was that allowed to happen and go on for over a week and in the case of Portland, over a month? Yet the happenings up on Capitol Hill were stopped within hours and have yet to return. Well, the answer is obvious if you're playing this thought experiment with me. Because it involved political decision-makings about favored versus unfavored groups and had nothing to do with security. When Donald Trump decided to close off the area surrounding the White House, because there was a legitimate security threat, I know it from people on the inside, you may say, oh, well, the media celebrated that because it's about security, right? No, it was about politics. The media saw an opportunity politically to damage Donald Trump, so attacked him for militarizing the area around the White House and mocked him for trying to use the National Guard to ensure public safety. Interesting. Yet when we had a public safety situation at the Capitol and the National Guard was delayed due to Democrats, the media immediately turned to trying to blame Donald Trump for not sending in the National Guard. Wait, Joe, I thought when Donald Trump was going to send in the National Guard to defend the White House, that was a bad thing. Hmm. But now when you're going to send in, or there was even a minor delay about sending the same National Guard to defend the Capitol, all of a sudden Donald Trump made made the wrong decision. What's the wrong decision? To send them or not send them? The answer is, when you're an unprincipled lunatic like the people in the media, and you're trying to influence policing decisions based on politics by pressuring politicians, the answer is whatever hurts your political opponent, Donald Trump, is the right answer. So if Donald Trump deploys the National Guard to defend himself in the White House, he's a dangerous tyrant. But if Donald Trump waits 10 minutes to defend, to send the National Guard to defend the Capitol, clearly this man's lost control of the country and doesn't believe in law and order. Hmm. You still don't believe me that security and public safety is 50%, if not more, political? How come the public safety response at the Capitol restored order in just hours and the, the situation, thankfully, has not been repeated? Yet the situation was repeated for days and weeks at the Portland Court. What was the difference? Politicians and the media who saw an opportunity to put pressure on weak managers and police departments to make political decisions, not security ones. That was the difference. Imagine the carnage that could have been stopped if we didn't treat political violence differently based on the target of that political violence and if the group committing it was a favored or unfavored group by the media, imagine the carnage that could have been stopped over the summer. 
if we would have taken a hard stand right away against civil unrest and the burning down of businesses and the attacking of innocent people by BLM and Antifa. Manage the car- imagine the carnage, it could have been stopped if we would have handled it the same way they handled the Capitol, where in a bipartisan fashion, everybody called out and said, this stops right now. Imagine that. But they weren't interested in that because the carnage then benefited them. I'll leave you one more example. New York City and liberal cities across America where people are dying as homicides explode. Imagine all those lives that could have been saved if political leaders would have done things differently. I worked in the New York City Police Department. It's the same city. They didn't just randomly bus in millions of criminals to start to commit crime and killing people in New York. It's the same city it was five years ago when the crime rates were at historic lows. So what changed? Political power changed. People started forcing political leaders with no principles at all, who hated the police, started putting pressure on weak police managers to make poor public safety decisions that have led to the loss of life. Imagine the carnage that'll be stopped when we swap out political leaders. We don't need changes in policing. We need changes in politics. Folks, it's been a tough week. Let's hang in there. I know that's not easy to say, and I know many of you are upset, and I understand. But I ask you, what's the alternative? If not for us, for our kids, we got to fix this. We don't have a choice. I'm not going to let my two daughters grow up in a country that we've handed them down an absolute flaming mess. I'm not going to let it happen. And I know you're not either. Thank you for your loyalty to the show. Um, I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to our show. Check out the video on rumble.com slash Bongino. We'd really appreciate it also if you check out bonginoreport.com, which is our alternative to the Drudge Report, which abandoned us a long time ago. We try to give you the best news of the day. Um, And as always, please check out our articles at Bongino.com, which is separate from BonginoReport.com because we're not going to be putting those articles out on Twitter anymore. Uh, We're not, we're just done. Sorry, but it's over. All right, folks, we will see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.